Let us pray. <clears throat> Great and glorious God, we gather in our respective places to worship you, to rejoice that you are the God of truth and love, and to thank you for your unfailing kindness and goodness to us. Gracious God, you rule over earth and heaven, and for us in the world you gave your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for his obedience to you, and for his steadfast ability, even in a time of testing, to say, Not my will, but your will be done. God of life and love, as we call to mind how your people Israel lamented in the wilderness and questioned your ways, we confess there is much in this life that we take for granted, that often we seek that which does not truly satisfy us, and we too can wonder where you are as we endure our own wilderness experiences. Great and glorious God, whose mercies are new every morning, forgive us our sins, and through the Holy Spirit, help us to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to you, the one who is the source of all life, and whose love encircles and sustains us. These things we humbly ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. Just a few intimations to draw to your attention. A reminder that we have a prayer group here in the old parish, and I draw your attention to the intimation about that. The Finance and Property Committee will meet in the Session House on Wednesday at 4. The fourth in a series of Lent Bible studies will be held on Thursday at 7. And the Kirk Session will meet a week on Tuesday at half past 7. A reminder that the Tuesday Group Annual General Meeting and Lunch will be on Tuesday the 28th of March at 12 noon. The Tuesday group has had a wonderful session and we look forward to the annual general meeting and perhaps especially to the lunch. Money for the lunch can be paid today or next Sunday. As already intimated, there will be a joint church Easter holiday club from the 11th to the 13th of April. Now, places are limited and registration forums are available in the McMichael Chapel today. So if you know of a child who may like to come along to the Easter Holiday Club, please do take a registration forum from the McMichael Chapel. It's good to see two or three children here with us today. I wonder, do you want to come out to the front? Or are you happy sitting where you are? You get to come out. Yes, that's good. Because it's nice for everyone to see you. How are you today? Are you fine? Yes. Now, were you surprised to see the snow this morning? Yes. <laughs> I got a surprise too. But it's nice to look out at the snow, isn't it? But I don't think it will last too long. But it's cold. Do you think it's cold? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, in a wee while, the grown-ups here in the church will be reading a story about a day when it wasn't cold, it was very, very hot. And Jesus found himself sitting at a well. Now, what do we find in a well? What do you think's down the well? Water, Cameron, well done. There's water. But this well was deep. 
And you see, normally you would have a, a water jug and it would be attached to a rope. A can. Yes, a can. And you would lower it down in the well, down to the water, and then take it back out. And then you would have water to take home. However, Jesus was there, but guess what? He didn't have the can. He didn't have a water jug. So can you imagine being very thirsty? You can see the water, but you can't get to it. Oh, Absolutely. Now, that's right. Jesus could have gone away to a village and found someone with a can. But, do you know what? While he was there, can you guess what happened? Someone came along. Someone came along. Not a shepherd, but begins with S. It was a woman. And Jesus spoke to her. And the woman got the shock of her life because Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. And the Jews and the Samaritans hadn't talked to each other for 400 years. A long, long time. They did not like each other. And yet here was Jesus speaking to her. He said, can you give me a drink? And what's even more remarkable is that the woman spoke to Jesus. And though we aren't told, I would like to think that as they talked to each other, she would have given Jesus a drink of water. Sometimes we don't go on with other people. Sometimes we have our own thoughts about other people, and because of our thoughts, we say, I don't like him, or I don't like her. But sometimes, when we get talking to that person, absolutely, you realize they're nicer than you'd thought. And that's a great discovery to make. You can become friends. And that's what happened that day at the well. Jesus and the Samaritan woman became friends. And as they talked, she also made a great discovery. She realized that Jesus was no ordinary Jew. He was God's son. And as such, he could set her free from all that was wrong, and he could give her water that was far better than the water in the well. Absolutely. He had water, living water. And that's what the woman discovered that day. I hope you'll remember that. And I hope you'll have a great time at Sunday Club today because I think you're also going to be learning about communion. And that's what we'll be celebrating here in the church in a wee while. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Now, we're going to sing about the water of life in our next hymn. It's 722. Spirit of God, come dwell within me.
Today's reading is taken from the New Testament, the book of John, and it starts at chapter 4, and it can be found on page 80 of the Pew Bible. That's John chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Hear the word of God. News now reached the Pharisees that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was his disciples who were baptizing, not Jesus himself. When Jesus heard this, he left Judea and set out once more for Galilee. He had to pass through Samaria, and on his way came to a Samaritan town called Sychar, near the plot of ground which Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. It was about noon, and Jesus, tired after his journey, was sitting by the well. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Meanwhile, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The woman said, What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from a Samaritan woman? Jews do not share drinking vessels with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If only you knew what God gives you and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have no bucket and the well is deep. So where can I get you living water? Are you the greater than Jacob, our ancestor, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, he and his sons and his cattle too? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never again be thirsty. The water that I shall give you will be the spring of water within him, welling up and bringing eternal life. Sir, said the woman, give me this water, and then I shall not be thirsty, nor have to come to this way, this way to draw water. And at verse 27... At that moment, his disciples returned and were astonished to find him talking with a woman. But none of them said, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went off to the town where she said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way towards him. And at verse 39... Many Samaritans of that town came to believe in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they pressed him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. Many more became believers, many of what they heard from his own lips, because of what they heard from his own lips. They told the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard him ourselves. And we are convinced that he is the saviour of the world. Amen. God bless the reading of his holy word. Thank you, Christine. It was with sadness that we learned on Thursday of the passing of our oldest elder, Mr. John Beatty, who was 97 years of age. John was ordained to the eldership here in the old parish on the 6th of February, 1977. And in the years that followed, he discharged his duties faithfully and most cheerfully. John's wife died only in December, after 73 years of marriage. And therefore, it is a comfort to think that after only a short time apart, they are together again for all eternity. John's funeral will be held in the church on Wednesday, the 22nd of March, at 10 o'clock. At this time, remember, his family in our prayers.
We sing the hymn 540, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. Some years ago, a father and his son were out for a walk in a field in the north of England. The son had brought a metal detector with him, and all of a sudden, it started to bleep. They decided to dig up whatever was buried, and what they brought out of the ground was a metal bowl that had been buried there by Vikings more than 1,000 years earlier. And the bowl was filled with gold and silver coins. What an afternoon that turned out to be. They thought they were out just for a walk. But the father and son discovered great treasure. Today's gospel tells us about something similar. It's the tale of a woman who went out on a normal day's activity to get some water from a well. And yet, she found more than she expected, more than silver and gold. This woman found life-giving water. Let us in these moments reflect on what took place. Firstly, I think it's hugely significant 
that Jesus gave the woman his time. We have to remember that in the culture of the day, women were not respected in the way they should have been. And it was unheard of a man talking to a woman in public. Furthermore, the woman in question was a Samaritan. And as we heard, the Samaritans and Jews despised one another. But in addition to that, there is speculation as to the woman's background. There are those who believe that she was a prostitute. But in fact, there is little to give credence to such a claim. The Bible tells us she had five husbands, not five customers, and there's a difference. <laughs> that being said, having had five husbands, and now living with someone who was not her husband, it is perhaps fair to conclude that the woman had been through the mill. Her experience of life must have impacted on her and taken its toll to the point that quite possibly she looked older than she was. A woman, a Samaritan, a woman who had experienced the rough and tumble of life. To such a woman, Jesus gave his time. A friend was telling me that he recently read a biography of Shakespeare. And he said to me, he was taken with the author's point that, and here I quote, it is of note that all of Shakespeare's tragedies deal only with persons of high degree. It was only the King Richards, the Caesars, and the Prince Hamlets that he featured. He was not concerned with the poor. I don't know if that is a fair assertion to make, but if it is, it contrasts hugely with God's approach to us. In Jesus, God demonstrated his care for all people, and perhaps particularly for the lowest and the least. At midday, when the sun was at its height, Jesus gave his time to the Samaritan woman. I was just reflecting yesterday that time is a most precious gift. And to give of our time to someone else, particularly to someone who's hurting or grieving, is a lovely thing to do. Now, secondly, what a great opportunity the woman had. When she arrived at the well, it wasn't just anyone who was sitting there. It was Jesus. Unknown to her, she was about to have a conversation that would change her life forever. Picture her if you can. She got up that morning as she did every morning. She was going about her daily chores. 
And that included going to the well to draw water. Possibly she had done that for as long as she could remember. But this day was different. This day she encountered the saviour of the world who would give her the most wonderful gift, a gift from God, life everlasting. That life Jesus offers to you and to me and to all people today. Isn't it true that from time to time we can get caught up in the chores and routine of everyday living? And as a consequence, sometimes life can lose some of its sparkle and become a tad dull. But my dear people, when Jesus is given his rightful place in our life, it is not so. We find we have a rich and meaningful relationship with God. We find that that relationship gives us a new and exciting perspective on life. We find it gives us a purpose to build up the kingdom of God here on earth and always the promise of life eternal is there ringing in our ears. I like very much the hymn written by Horatius Boner. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched. My soul revived. And now I live in him. What an opportunity the Samaritan woman had that hot day at the well. But for it to become real, she had to do something. She had to look at her own life. She had to consider her situation. And that meant she had to confront her sin. Sin, by definition, is disobeying God. And in that, we are no different from the woman at the well. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us is blameless. Not one of us can point a finger at another. But thank God, we have a wonderful Savior who can help us. And that discovery the Samaritan woman made when she met Jesus. John Bunyan's story is a most enlightening one. He records how for a number of years he knew about God and about Jesus. But he could not see what difference they could make to his own life. However, at the same time, he was aware that his life was not what it should have been. And that greatly troubled him. 
One day, as he was out walking, these words entered his head. Your righteousness is in heaven. Simply put, Bunyan realized that if he was to amend his ways and improve his life, he needed help. And there and then, he placed his trust in Jesus, the one who dealt with his sin and made him right with God. That discovery the Samaritan woman made when she talked with Jesus. And it can be our discovery as well. No wonder someone once said, when you are dealing with Jesus, expect the unexpected. Now finally, isn't it wonderful that after talking to Jesus and having made the most amazing discovery there is to make in this life, the woman left her water jar behind and she returned to her village to those who for whatever reason had shunned and ignored her. And she told them about Jesus. I find it hugely symbolic that she left her water jar behind. Why did she do that? I'll tell you. It was a reminder of her past life. It was a reminder of those things that had robbed her of her joy and her peace and feeling of worth. Now, having met the Lord of life, she was a new person. The old had gone, the new had come. She had tasted water far better than that found in any well. She had met the one who is the source of life-giving water. And such was the testimony that she gave about Jesus. Many in the village went to see him for themselves. And they also made a wonderful discovery. They believed he was indeed the Savior of the world. Today, we gather at the Lord's table, a place where we receive nourishment for our souls. May it also be a place where, encountering Jesus afresh, we will find ourselves able to acknowledge our sin, to find in Him healing and forgiveness, and then to go forward on our journey, experiencing as we do that life that is life indeed, life that shall endless be. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. As we come to the table, we are reminded that this is the table of the Lord and that all who seek to be nourished and sustained, all who seek healing and wholeness are welcome here.
Let us worship God. The hymn 553, Just as I am without one plea. Let us hear the words of the institution of this supper as they are recorded by St. Paul. The tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you Eat this bread and drink the cup. You proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. As the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and of wine to be set apart from all common uses to this holy use and mystery and as Jesus gave thanks and blessed, let us also draw near to God and offer him our prayers 
and thanksgiving. Let us pray. God of time and eternity, we rejoice in your goodness to us. And remembering, as we have been told to do, the suffering and death of our Lord, we praise you that on the third day he was raised to life and that he is alive forevermore. Lord God, as we pray for the world, we continue to think of the people of Ukraine. We ask that peace will come to that troubled land, that those forced to leave may be able to return and be reunited with their loved ones. We also call to mind the people of Turkey and Syria following last month's earthquake. The suffering of the people may not be in the headlines any longer, but their plight continues. So be with them and all who seek to help them. Gracious God, your Son is Lord of all the earth. Bless your church in this season of Lent, that being faithful to you, we may continue the work our Lord began, and grant that in his service we will be faithful and find lasting joy and fulfillment. Lord God, calling to mind Jesus' compassion and ability to break down barriers and bring healing and wholeness, we pray for those who at this time are afraid, those who are sick, those who suffer pain or loneliness, and those who grieve. We remember particularly the families and friends of John Beatty and Michael Hammond and David Logan. Gracious God, comfort all in our thoughts with your presence. Sustain them by your promises and grant them your peace. God of time and eternity, rejoicing in the communion of saints and giving thanks for those dear to us who now dwell in your nearer presence, we praise you for the unbroken fellowship we have with them and for that spring of living water which wells up within us and gives us everlasting life. And now, O God, may it please you to bless us and these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread which we break may be for us the communion of the body of Christ, and the cup of blessing which we bless, the communion of the blood of Christ, that receiving them in faith, we may be made partakers of his body and blood, with all his benefits to nourish us and to help us grow in grace to the glory of your holy name. These things we humbly ask through that same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who unites us as the one people and who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body 
which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do it in memory of me. The things of God for the people of God taste and see that the Lord is good.
The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the dying and undying love of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. In your great goodness, you have brought us into communion with him and with all who love him, and you have made us heirs of your everlasting kingdom. By your grace, may we continue in this holy fellowship and rejoicing in the streams of living water springing from eternal love. May we live our lives to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The closing hymn is hymn 738, 738, Glorious Things of Thee are spoken. in peace, and may God's love and God's grace be poured out endlessly upon you. May they well up in you like a stream, and flow forth from you like a river, bringing abundant praise and glory to his everlasting name, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you now and forevermore.